All right. So hi, everyone. Welcome. Uh, I want to welcome you to the Ag Biofuse information session today. My name is Don Rodriguez Ward, and I'm the program coordinator for Ag Biofuse. And we're also joined by uh, Fred Gould, who is the co-director of the GES Center and PI on the Ag Biofuse grant. And we also have Patty Mulligan, the GES Center communications director. Uh, so she is joining us today. And thank you, Patty, for all your technical assistance. Um, before we begin, I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to uh, pull up a brief three minute video that we'd like to share with uh, all candidates and applicants. It's on the Ag Biofuse program and we can watch this together while we wait for the additional students and individuals uh, to sign on. So I, after the, the video, I'm gonna discuss the agenda and, and what we're gonna be talking about. And just to remind you that we will leave half of this session um, open for questions, whether you wanna do it uh, via, via live on video or in the chat box. So there will be room for some discussion at the end of this. And I'm just going to share my video here. Ag Biofuse is a new graduate program, I and mean, we're looking at the intersection of food, energy, and water systems, and those interactions with biotechnology. But at the same time, we're looking broadly. We're looking at political issues, we're looking at ethical issues, we're looking at different disciplines of science to answer these questions that really demand a broad perspective. This program is really unique. The Ag Biofuse program allows you to take an interdisciplinary approach. It's a holistic look, it's a systems perspective. One exciting thing about Ag Biofuse is we're open to all kinds of students. You can be a hard scientist, a natural scientist, a social scientist, someone in the humanities. We have a place for everybody. You have those open and honest conversations that lead to real research questions. We make sure that students understand um, both sides of every issue. We're neither pro or anti-biotechnology, but we're very critical in thinking about the system into which the biotechnology gets embedded. Ag Biofuse starts with something really special for students. We relocate our students away from campus to Eastern North Carolina to be in the system that we're going to be studying for the next several years. So we're going to talk to farmers, we'll talk to stakeholders, we'll talk to people in the communities in agricultural systems that we're going to study. The off-campus experience is an opportunity for students to really see what is going on in the real world, so to speak. Going on the excursion at the beginning of this program really helped us build those interpersonal relationships early on. I really felt very supported. I really felt like I had the resources I needed to be successful. I had really interesting collaborators to work with, really interesting, strong, cohesive group of students to work with. As part of this program, we're involved with the GES Center, which is an international hub for really high-level conversations. And during the weekly colloquium, we get to meet people from all different sectors of society. We've been incredibly fortunate to be awarded a $3 million NSF grant. And that enables us to give our students huge opportunities. Ag Biofuse students will have a lot of options for their careers. Of course, the academic route is open to them. They're in a PhD program that qualifies them to become a professor someday. But there's a lot of other opportunities too. They can go on to work for industry, they can work in government, they can work in science policy. It's been so great for me finding my purpose and preparing me and feeling like I will be very competitive on the job market. I am so proud to be involved in a program that is training our students to be world leaders in the future and shepherd this world as it develops. 
If you want to learn more about the program or to apply, visit go.ncsu.edu slash agbiofuse. So today, we, this is what we have planned, and we're very open to hearing from you. We're going to save half the session for your questions as well. We want to talk to you a little bit about the Genetic Engineering and Society Center. We want to talk to you about the Ag Biofuse, uh, the two-year PhD program, uh, why, to, why become a fellow, what benefits of the fellowship um, do, you, do we see. Uh, we'd like you to meet some of our students uh, uh, who, who are in our other cohorts. Um, and also I'm gonna to talk to you about the recruitment process and dates, a bit about sequence of program activities. So if you are a fellow, uh, what is required of you for the two-year fellowship? What are the courses? What's the timeline? Um, and also if you haven't already gone to our website to see the online application, I'm just gonna very quickly go over the three um, narrative questions we have and then uh, open up discussion for anyone who has any lingering questions. Um, so that Fred, myself, and also Patty Mulligan, our communications director, uh, we can hope we can answer them. So you're, please uh, start leaving your messages in the chat box if you'd like, if you prefer that uh, way of, of communicating. And I'm gonna hand over the mic to uh, Dr. Fred Gould. Hi everybody, it's great to see all of these faces as well as some of your uh images on, on here. Um, I just wanted to uh, welcome you and, and tell you a little bit about the Ag Biofuse program. But first to say that the Ag Biofuse program is basically embedded in a larger center at the university, and that's the Genetic Engineering and Society Center that brings together faculty and students who are in very uh, diverse academic programs, ranging from the humanities to social sciences and natural sciences. And you know, I think that our uh, blurb here that says, what we're after here is to integrate scientific knowledge and diverse public values in shaping the futures of biotechnology. Sometimes folks, uh, especially in the natural sciences, feel that as we move forward, we just need innovation and scientific discovery. But as our students discover within this program, I, I myself as a, a natural scientist, what we discover is that our, even our perspectives on what we're discovering and how we're discovering things are shaped by our values. Why are we doing the work we're doing? Why are we asking the questions that we're asking as opposed to many others that we're not going involved in? So I think these are the kind of approaches that the Genetic Engineering and Society Center uh, takes. And as it says, it's positioned at this nexus of science and technology and the social sciences and humanities. So this center um, has uh, been in existence uh, informally for about 10 years, but formally for five years. And we've been reviewed and moving on uh, for the next five years with uh, new programs uh, that you could be involved with. Uh, let's go on to the next slide. So the GES Center has lots of things going on. And at the top here, as you can see, interdisciplinary graduate education. And I'll get into that more uh, in the next slides. But I do want to tell you that we have other things going on that will be all available to you. And one of those is a weekly colloquium that has been going on now for 10 years, every Tuesday during the fall and spring academic 
uh, semesters. Um, we get together and bring in uh, people from industry, from NGOs, uh, from government uh, to speak with our students and faculty and have discussions. Uh, we're different than a lot of seminar programs in that we allow our speakers only like 30 minutes uh, so that there's plenty of room for the rest of the hour uh, for a lot of discussion. And I think our students have all um, found these things very helpful. Uh, the idea is that we want to expose our students to all sorts of perspectives so that they can take all of that as they're developing their own ideas and take a look at all of that so that they can form their own perspectives. Um, we don't expect any of our students to come out as clones of ourselves. Um, so also, I mean, you should know that it's a, we are a very uh, productive group of scholarly publications. We have plenty, um, what can I say? I mean, this uh, uh, showcases a, a paper we had on the cover of Science Magazine, but we've had so many publications and uh, really it's interactive and um, collaborative. So in a lot of these interdisciplinary uh, projects, and, and this one is, is probably one that comes up, is that we had uh, one person in the natural sciences, one person in economics, and one per person in public administration who co-authored that paper. So that's something that we strive for, and we strive for that with our students, as you'll hear uh, later. Uh, can I have the next slide? So we also sponsor uh, programs, not just that are done by the Genetic Engineering Society, uh, but we uh, interact with other groups on campus. And this is just showing you, we have a real uh, commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we've been working on programs that are university-wide for a number of years. Uh, that bring in uh, speakers. Um, this shows one, the author of a, a book called Superior, which is about uh, the odd history of the natural sciences and race. Um, and we had over a thousand people who participated in that uh, visit and, and many more like that. And we also uh, focus on diversity training. Uh, next slide. So uh, to the Ag Biofuse program, this is a you know, graduate training program for PhD students coming from the social sciences, humanities and natural sciences. So from all sorts of uh, different PhD programs, right? So the fellows are expected to get a PhD in an already established program. So you enter into your established program, but also are part of this two-year cohort of students who have special requirements and uh, work together in the end on a group project that requires input from all the different perspectives. So our focus, as you can see here in the red, is on biotechnology and how that interacts with food, energy, and water systems um, globally and especially in the US and even more specifically in Eastern North Carolina. And as you can see from that diagram, it brings in policy issues and economics, um, as well as some of uh, the issues, just specific technical issues in crop and soil science, pest science, and the, there is a lot of uh, focus on modeling 
Uh, don't get scared by that. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of these courses are very interesting in that, you know, bringing in students from across the spectrum, we really focus on making sure that everybody is included and can understand where we're going. There's a lot of peer mentoring within that. Uh, next slide. You'll have plenty of chances to ask us questions about a lot of details. But this is sort of what we see is that we have a uh, current situation where, you know, agriculture is the largest uh, use of land and water on the planet. And there are problems. And so, and, you know, addressing these problems is, is complicated. And um, the idea and the need we see is for students who are trained in pulling together information from lots of disciplines and addressing these what are called wicked problems. And uh, the National Science Foundation calls this convergence scholarship with the idea that you focus on the problem, not the discipline. So I'm gonna bring up an example. Uh, if the problem, for example, is drought tolerance, a way that drought tolerance would be has been treated in the past by breeders is to select or genetically engineer the crop to be more drought tolerant. And that work can go on in a laboratory and in a greenhouse and in, with uh, corn or maize. They actually, in, in, the, uh, in around 2010, they developed varieties of corn that were more tolerant of drought in the greenhouse, right? Each plant could survive with less water. But when those uh, crops were sold to farmers, farmers saw that as a completely different thing. Not that they would be able to use these crops to withstand drought in a really dry year, but that they could actually plant their plants in a good year closer together and they would have uh, the ability to suck up more water and be able to survive in a normal year and give them higher yields. So this thing that moved from the laboratory as a drought tolerant crop turned out to be something that gave the farmers good yields in normal years, but was very sensitive to drought. So the idea that these things, that you can't expect some kind of a linear progression. And to ask the questions about why did farmers uh, worry about the yield in a normal year, as opposed to trying to uh, protect themselves against loss of yield during a drought. Well, that goes to our policy people and looking at the fact that the U.S. Uh, sort of helps with uh, crop loss insurance by underwriting that insurance so it's cheaper for the farmers. So there's all these connections that come together from the beginning in the laboratory to the point at which the farmers are actually using the technology. And so that's the kind of thing that we want our students to be able to address, right? So that when one of our students is working on the molecular genetics, that student is thinking not just about getting that one plant transformed, but about how it's gonna be used in the field. Okay, could I have the next slide? Okay, and I think an important part of the Genetic Engineering and Society Center is that we have faculty who are in molecular biology, others who do population genetics and ecology, and a whole group of others who are into policy, social issues, and ethics. And the thing that's unique about NC State is that these faculty have come together 
uh, to work on these programs. Um, and we could talk a little bit more about that later, but the in, in many programs, the folks in policy and social science are working in their corner of the university, while the folks in molecular biology never even go to their buildings, right? Here, we have brought everybody together and we see our students who were doing this program in the past as bringing everyone together uh, to, to work on these issues. So I think I'm, I'm like turning it back over to you, Dawn, for the next. Um, so yeah, thank you, Fred. That was, that was a great uh, information about the program and some of the things you talked about. I have a few, fly, a few slides to, to discuss as well. Um, and so we, we did want to bring up this about why become an Ag Biofuse Fellow? What, uh, what be benefits uh, would I, ga I gain as a student um, in being in this two-year fellowship program? And so one thing that we're really focused on is engaging in uh, an interdisciplinary uh, team. So you, we really hope that you'll gain interdisciplinary knowledge. Uh, most of our cohorts have had between have had about nine students usually, and they represent uh, nine, eight to nine different uh, departments. And so I'll show you that in a different slide. Uh, we also really try to we put a lot of value onto cross discipline respect cohesion. We do a lot of team building um, exercises and activities. We do professional development. Uh, we have some workshops, you know, how, uh, how to communicate effectively in an interdisciplinary team. Um, and with the core courses that you'll take for Ag Biofuse, they really try to look at critical thinking, uh, reading and evaluation skills. So these are some of the skills that are um, incorporated into those core courses. We also highly value experience engaging with diverse publics. So, Fred talked a little bit about our uh, weekly seminar, the colloquium, in which we bring in uh, stakeholders from industry, NGOs, um, academia, government, uh, and we have them talk about a, uh, an important topic uh, and then leave room for students to also talk with them. So because of COVID, we had shifted this colloquium online and, and we're hoping to bring it back to being in person because this is a great way for students to be able to network and meet with people that are in their fields of interest and our industry and, and also um, continue having some sort of connection for collab future collaboration. Um, we also thinking about engaging with diverse publics, Fred mentioned uh, we have a summer field course uh, where we talk to, uh, to farmers in Eastern North Carolina. We also talk to um, environmental organizations and other stakeholders that are involved with farming systems in that area. So there's a lot of opportunities that we try to offer students when it comes to engaging with diverse publics in ag biotech and, and similar issues. Uh, you, for this fellowship, uh, you will be required to conduct one group project. And that is that would be in your last semester. Uh, but your, the whole fellowship is really um, geared towards this. So you will be working on it following up to that. You will have discussions. We have our monthly student meetings and, um, and there'll be a lot of room for discussion for this final group project that you're expected to um, conduct with team members. Uh, we do ask for a thesis chapter on biotech infuse uh, for, as a requirement. Um, and you're also have access 
to Ag Biofuse and GES Center affiliated faculty. So we currently have about 24 affiliated faculty for, with the Ag Biofuse program and uh, GES Center has more than 65 faculty. So all of this is on our website uh, for you to, to be able to access to see the different departments uh, and faculty within those departments that we work with. Also, the fellowship comes with a $34,000 $34, a year stipend, sorry, uh, for two years, and that includes benefits. Uh, it includes your tuition, health insurance, and, and all those fees. So that's what's included for the two-year fellowship. And I thought it would be good for everyone to see what's expected uh, of you in, the, in these two years. What is the sequence of our program activities? So the first year in uh, in August, before you, you begin your classes, uh, we have our living and learning and farming communities. It's between one to two weeks uh, that we're in Eastern North Carolina. And that's where we get to do our farmer and stakeholder interviews and, and really get to learn about farming systems and ag biotech innovations. Uh, that first, that's the first summer. And then going into your fall semester, you take the genetic engineering for sustainable crop production that's offered by Fred, who's in the entomology and, and Heike Sederoff, who's in plant biology. And uh, in the spring, well, you'd be taking the Emerging Technologies, Science, Communication, and Public Engagement course. And that's also co-taught by uh, Jason Delborn, who's in the Forestry and Environmental Resources Department, and Jean Goodwin, who's in our Communications, uh, Rhetoric, and Digital Media Department. So again, you're not only, you not only have this interdisciplinary team of students, but you also have this interdisciplinary team of faculty um, that, has, that have created uh, these courses. And all throughout the first year and the second year, um, you'll be required to take the one credit course of the weekly seminar. Uh, when year two begins for the fall, you'd have your systems modeling and policy analysis of emerging biotechnologies. And um, it currently is taught by four faculty, uh, Zach Brown and uh, Kelly Ziering from economics, uh, Jennifer Kuzma from public administration and Alan Lloyd, who I think is Bioinformatics, correct me if I'm wrong, Fred? Biomath, biomath. Biomath, okay, thank you. And then your, your last semester, the, the spring 2024 would be dedicated to working on your group projects. So that those are our sequence of program activities. Again, Fred touched upon this uh, for our weekly seminar, GES Colloquium. Again, this is being able to interact with diverse uh, stakeholders. And actually, I should go back to that. I, I do want to comment that this is a, this has been a great way for students from all cohorts to be able to interact um, and meet with one another. And we hope that once we are able to come back in, in person, uh, you'll also be able to have some more informal conversations with not only the, uh, the people that are presenting, but also uh, faculty that are affiliated with the center. So it's really a great uh, community building uh, weekly seminar that we do. And we normally um, afterwards try to hold a lunch for our students and for the presenter of that week. So there is there is a lot of um, activities to engage. And so who are we looking for? Uh, we're interested in accepting students, as, as Fred mentioned, from diverse disciplinary backgrounds and perspectives. Uh, students that are in the social sciences, humanities, and natural sciences. Um, have been accepted. There are 34 different uh, programs that you can apply to, or you can uh, you can already be 
attending uh, at NC State, and I'll do that in the next slide. And I also, I wanted to remind everyone that, you know, this is a critical thinking. This is not a, uh, everyone is pro-GMO, uh, we are pro and anti. We wanna talk about what are the issues at stake. Uh, so it's really, it's really, we're trying to get perspectives from everyone on, on the topics, on, on the, our theme. So um, just to, to bring that up and it's a discussion that you have throughout the two years, uh, really what are some of these issues that people are having when they're trying to bring up these emerging technologies? What issues do they have with society uh, in, in economy and politics? So, um, and also for our 2022 cohort, we are especially recruiting uh, some more students from social sciences and humanities since we um, didn't have much representation in the past. And we also are looking for historically underrepresented minority groups in STEM. And this is just to give you an idea of some of the students that are um, already in our program. So this is our first cohort over here to the left. And we have students that are in uh, Deshaies in entomology, Nasib is in agriculture extension, education and extension, Daniela is entomology, um, Dalton is forestry and environmental resources, Carrie is communications, Allison is genetics, we have Eli from plant uh, microbial biology, and Casey from economics. So you can see that um, everyone represents a different, almost everyone. We have two entomologists, Deshaies and and Daniela here, but we have a lot of different disciplines that are being represented. We have national and international students. So the fellowship is open uh, to national and international. Uh, and this is our this is our 2020 cohort. Uh, again, we have Jabin, you can see plant biology, Jamie from economics, Salvador plant biology, uh, Dana from biological and agricultural engineering, uh, Sebastian from the forestry and environmental resources, uh, Delicia, plant biology, Sandy from crop sciences, and Andrew from public administration. So those are our first two cohorts. Last year, we started recruitment for our third cohort, uh, which is what we're continuing with recruitment for this year. Uh, we did not start our, um, our program due to COVID. We wanted to be able to uh, bring in more students for recruiting purposes. So this is the cohort that you would join. And these are the students that um, have already been pre-accepted into the program. And uh, so we have Modesta representing horticultural science, uh, Greg for economics, Nolan from communications, Jill, uh, Jill from uh, forestry, um, Asa from plant biology, Eric in crop and soil, and Amanda from plant pathology. So again, just to give an idea of who are the students that are here and that who you would join. And if you, and these are the 34 PhD granting programs that you would apply to first, or you would already be um, in one of these programs. Uh, and then you would do your application for Ag Biofuse separately. And so all of this information is up on the website. I'm gonna just very quickly go on to, we have about four more slides and I wanna leave enough time for, for more questions. Okay, Fred talked about the GES affiliated faculty, the over 65 faculty that are affiliated with the Genetic Engineering Society Center. Uh, here we have about 24, they're not all listed on this slide, um, but these are some uh, faculty that are from different departments and um, entomology, plant pathology, Fred, uh, administration, forestry, economics, um, plant pathology. So we have different 
faculty that can be your advisors or co-chairs that you can work with and uh, that are also affiliated with us. Um, the, the faculty here that have the underlining means that they are advising at least one student in the program. Okay, and so very important. What are the what are these deadlines that are coming up? So please don't forget you you have to apply to your PhD uh, program with the graduate school. So that's a completely separate application process, uh, and those have different deadlines. Some of them starting uh, earlier than our our deadline. So some of these uh, have deadlines in January. Um, then you would then you would apply to our Ag Biofuse online application. And that's due February 1st. There is no fee to do the application. Um, you, it is three narrative questions and some background questions. Uh, and this is to also let you know that we as a committee will review not only your Ag Biofuse application, but your graduate school application. So we, we review both of those um, with our selection committee. During February, our, our committee, normally it's about 17 faculty that review all of the applications. Last year, we had about 65 applicants. The years before, the first year, we had about 40. Um, we give them about a month to review and to hold meetings. And then we notify, we will notify you by the end of February um, if you've been selected to interview for the, for the fellowship. And we will be holding at this moment, we're not sure if it's gonna be online or in person. So I'm gonna say online for the moment. This is the date that we would interview in March on March 11th, it's a Friday. And then we would notify you by the end of March if you have received, if we would like to offer you the fellowship and we would have a signed contract due by mid-April. And again, so this is the last Ag Biofuse cohort that we will be recruiting for. Um, and it's the last year to apply to the program. So I wanted to, to stress that today. All right, and I might have mentioned, I mentioned this, that application is February 1st. It's open to national international students. Uh, you can start your application and you can save and continue it. You don't have to finish it the, the first day. There's no fee to complete the application. And don't you don't need to repeat information that's on your graduate application because we see everything um, we see your letters of recommendation, we see your transcripts, we see everything that you put on your personal statement for your graduate school. So this, so please tr try to include new information when you're answering your Ag Biofuse narrative report. And if you haven't been online to see uh, the, the application, these are the narrative questions that we ask you. Uh, why are you applying to join the, the program? What would you bring to the program and how did augment what you expect to gain from your PhD program? Teamwork experience from your experiences would have been the challenges and benefits of working as a part of a student or professional team. You know, why do you wanna be on a team as a part of your PhD program? And then the third is discuss a peer reviewed paper or media article that describes what you consider an exemplary interdisciplinary effort to address or solve a, pro a problem. So these are the main narrative questions that we have on the online application. And I am going to stop here and thank everyone for coming and let you know these are our email addresses and some of the information we went over today is here. This. Uh, Zoom is also going to be available uh, online on our website for uh, other students that couldn't make it or if you want to just have access to some of these 
slide. So I'm going to stop sharing for a second. I see there's some, I see there's some new chat messages. And if you want to turn your video on, or if you have internet problems and you cannot, that's no problem. It's great to see everyone. And if anyone has a question that they want to ask first, well, I get caught up with some of these questions. Fred, have you been answering some of these questions? Yes, I, I've been answering some of the questions okay. from the chat, but um, I think Great. I think we're ready for, for uh, in-person questions. Um, so please, uh, we gave you a quick run through here with the idea that um, you would continue to ask us questions. Great, and if someone's uh, question didn't get fully answered on the chat, please also feel free to, to pipe up about it. Uh, oh. Yes, hello. Uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, just Great. fine. All right. Um, I am also applying to the GG Scholars Program, and I noticed that there's a bit of overlap in some of the narrative prompts for both programs. <laughs> I was wondering if there's any relationship between these two programs. And also, you mentioned that you would be able to view my graduate application, which possesses my GGS responses. So I was wondering if you were going to take a look at those as well. Well, uh, Let's answer that question in detail. There is definitely overlap between the two programs. Um, we right now have two. So, so for people who don't know about that, it's the Genetics and Genomics Scholars Program. So when you apply for any of the PhD programs, uh, you'll, the graduate school will give you a little uh, hint that if you're interested in either GGS, Genetics and Genomics Scholars Program, or the Ag Biofuse Program, you know, click on this and go, go to these other uh, sites. But um, what's what's important to understand is the Genetics and Genomics Scholars Program was created to bring students in from the biological sciences only, not from other, other areas, who want to get a really solid background in genetics and genomics, and then go on either to genetics for their PhD or into places things like uh, entomology or plant biology to get their degrees that way. Okay, so the students in that program get in their fall semester a six credit course in genetics and genomics, a, a survey to you know really give you the information and also uh, do this in a way that's very interactive and then go on in the spring semester to a course in genomic data science as well as in professional development. But what I, I guess I want to say is that we have two students who are in the genetics and genomics scholars program this year right who came in from outside the university into that program and next year they will be in the uh, Ag Biofuse program, right? So they will bring a lot of expertise they've gotten from that Genetics and Genomics Scholars program uh, into uh, the Ag Biofuse program. I would also say that some of the faculty in the Ag Biofuse program also work in the Genetics and Genomics Scholars program. So there's a lot of interaction uh, between the two programs. Uh, the question came up from another uh, potential applicant about whether that person could be in the GGS, you know, the scholars program, and in the same year start in the Ag Biofuse program. That could be possible, but that would be quite a load on the student, right? Because both of these are demanding programs. The other piece is both of those programs provide fellowships, 
Okay, so you can't have two fellowships at the same time. But I would say that if you join the Ag Biofuse program, you could be taking the courses in the Genetics and Genomics Scholars program, right? So you'd have your fellowship for two years in Ag Biofuse and take that one-year program in Genetics and Genomics Scholars program. Now, of course, this is not for everyone. I assume that some of the folks who are on the line here are in social sciences or humanities. But for those in biological sciences, look at both of those. And if you have questions uh, specific, just get in touch with me because I am associated uh, with both programs. Okay, and that just shows that we're really connected collab you know, collaboratively at NC State. Fred, I don't know if I heard you say this or not, but did you mention that you are the executive director of the Genetics and Genomics Academy? No, no, I did not do that. I am. He is. Thank you for answering my question, Dr. Cole. Yeah. I think Sarah has a question. Sarah, do you want to unmute yourself? Yeah, hey there. Um, thank you for that awesome presentation. Um, I, I come from, I do have a question reg regarding kind of the blending of different fields. I have a background in design, landscape architecture, and I'm looking at um, solutions for habitat restoration that involve um, a biological approach as in how, the, how you can best utilize plants, fungus for filtration. Um, but then there's also the social aspect of exposing people to nature and there's even an economical aspect but I don't want to go into the whole thing basically I just want to think about talk about blending design with ecological restoration and does that do you see working with the um, processes of these plants as a significant enough biotechnology approach sorry that was a very long question but I'm I'm new to biotech and trying to see yeah. how my concept fits in. Okay, Dawn, I, I could give a first shot at this and if you want to add more to it. So that's a really uh, great question and we would sort of love to have somebody from the design school involved in our program uh, if, if there was a good fit. I mean, it depends exactly on, on how broad you want to get and what you want to get from it. But just to say that we have a student in our current cohort who actually works on irrigation and um, issues of pollution. Um, in, in corn systems and is part of that program. And the second cohort for their group project has decided to work on whether genetic engineering of crops can be used for carbon sequestration. Yeah, right? nice. So, so there is, you know, I don't know if it's exactly the kind of connections you're talking about, but for example, Eastern North Carolina has a number of problems. I mean, this is where you do those, those two weeks to get to know farming systems. And one of their problems is not, not enough water. They have too much water. And they also have uh, infiltration of salinity into their water. So there are all these questions about how you design systems uh, to be sustainable. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. I do feel like I might want to jump on the line with maybe Bill Hunt. I guess he might be a part of AgFuse, like accessible through the program. Well, please, please feel free to contact us offline too, right? Okay. Just to yeah. Get more information. Thank you so much. 
I'm just going to add to that that we there I put the list of the 34 eligible programs that you can apply to and we also have a list of faculty that are affiliated but there are some faculty that are not yet affiliated and that can you can still uh, be working with them and and we can um, also bring them on as an affiliate faculty so just because maybe some of the faculty that you might want to work with are not on the website at the moment that shouldn't be a um, a determining factor for you not to apply um, there is room to um, increase affiliate, affiliated faculty. So just to add that. Yeah, great. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm applying to the forestry and environmental resources program. Um, I have a background working with um, clean cookstock technologies. Um, I see that there are. Um, some folks in your cohorts who are into forestry and environmental resources. Um, what biotech technologies are uh, those people currently doing and what um, technologies would I be exposed to or would be getting into? Yeah, well, um, again, I, I, Dawn, do you wanna go first on this or should I comment? I think maybe it would be great if you could talk about uh, what, Dal since you're on Dalton's committee in yeah. forestry, maybe- Okay, well, talk I can talk about, about Dalton's, but also just to go back and say that one of our faculty members exactly. uh, and previous students, um, Jason Delborn, uh, has been involved in the issue of genetically engineering the chestnut tree in the US. The chestnut trees in the US used to be the dominant forest type in the United States, but were wiped out by a fungus uh, over the past hundred years. And uh, people are genetically engineering that tree to try to uh, make it resistant to that fungus and restore it to uh, forest systems. And this is a very controversial subject. Um, so uh, Jason Delborn comes to it from having an environmental sciences background, but also a background in science, technology, and society. And so he's, he's approaching it from that perspective. But we have other folks in forestry and environmental resources faculty who work on genetically engineering uh, trees for lumber and trying to come up with sustainable approaches. But that said, most the faculty in environmental resources who have been most active in our program are in the science, technology, and society perspective of asking questions about how do we move forward with some of these technologies and how do we involve the public and how do we uh, engage with the public so that when we're coming up with these solutions, we don't wind up pushing something on the public that wouldn't result in really inequity. So th that's uh, a place where this comes in. But if you're working in, in the biological sciences in forestry, that's also definitely something uh, to be that could work out. Uh, but uh, you have to know that the program itself, you know, the group projects and stuff have mostly been looking at annual crops. Thank you very much. I'll get in touch with Jason Delborn on that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I was just going to quickly mention also, we have Dr. Zach Brown from Ag and Resource Economics who has done some work on cook stoves. I think it was in Ghana. Um, yes. So again, yes. there's from other departments. I, I, I speak to him regularly, so. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. He actually recommended it. Ah, great. Other questions? Uh, Feel free. Hi, thank you. Yeah, 
<laughs> Thank you for the presentation. Sorry, I can turn my camera on. I have a very, I guess it's a broad, open-ended question regarding, I guess, the profile you would like to see uh, from the applicants. I've read the, the application uh, prompts, and I guess the question would be, what, what exactly are you looking for uh, in the applicants? Especially, I mean, my background is very much biological science. I, I wish to apply to the genetics. A PhD. So I, I guess from the biological perspective, what do you expect from people in that end uh, to bring into the ACT Biofuse program? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think anybody who's in the biological sciences should know that what we're looking for is somebody who's going to bring excellence in the biological sciences, but has a true curiosity about what happens to what you do. Why are you asking these questions? Where are they coming from? And have sort of a creative and open mind to other ways of knowing things. So I brought up that example about the corn. I, I didn't have enough time to give it to you in a lot of detail, but you could see that you could be a biological scientist and just stay at the bench, or you could be a biological scientist who reaches out to bring in other kinds of knowledge so that you become more of an interdisciplinary scholar. So we're looking for biological science folks who really want to become interdisciplinary scholars. And that's in a broad sense, not just bringing together, you know, ecology and genetics, but branching out into public administration and communication. So when those questions are asked on the application, we're looking for people who, who think about those kinds of things in a broader. I hope that helps you. Yes, thank you very much. And if you haven't had experience in that, why you would like to gain experience in it as well. And just, this is really a, a team science-based, very interdisciplinary team science-based um, experience. And you will be uh, taking those core classes with your, your fellows. We're hoping to have about 11 Ag Biofuse fellows in this cohort. And you'll be working on that group project and sharing a lot of experiences, whether it's professional development, whether they're the core courses and, and other activities. So really um, just to think this is, these are a group of students that were, you'll be working with and interacting with and learning from, as Fred mentioned, a lot of peer mentoring um, opportunities. I love the fact that Dawn brought up that if you don't have those experiences, that's not the issue, it's what you want. And I think one of our faculty made it very clear, you know, like we're not just looking for people who can show us a record of, of five interdisciplinary things they've done. We want you to show us what it is that you're looking for in terms of interdisciplinarity, you know, like where will that take you in your career, right? And things like that. So we are looking for potential as much as we are accomplishments. Cynthia, would you like to ask your question? Yeah, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. It was very nice talking with you and uh, listening to all these uh, different aspects of answers. My question is, my background is from pharmacy. I'm a bachelor of pharmacy degree holder. Mm -hmm. And then I started my career in the pharmaceuticals. Mm. But in the regulatory affairs and the policy making, I was there. I have done all these things. Then my research experience in nutrition, In uh, I have done some research in nutrition. Now, if I admitted in the PhD program in nutrition, which is NC State offered, so how 
this um, become a uh, efficient one for exactly you are looking for all these uh, i mean how nutrition will going to be you is this going to be an um, what can i say nutrition is a part of your uh, agrobiology uh, okay let me let me address that i mean yes nutrition is definitely a place where genetic engineering of crops and foods is going so um, we have uh, quite a few people who are, are were in, you know, interested in those things. We have uh, companies in the triangle area who are very interested in increasing the uh, nutritional content of our fruits and vegetables. Um, and we have a whole campus in Kannapolis that you may be aware of uh, that is very involved in those issues. So somebody who's working in that area, you're not alone in terms of uh, thinking about this from coming from that area, um, that could fit just fine. Um, you know, you, you, just ha you just have to be thinking about, okay, well, uh, well, should we increase the amount of vitamin C in oranges or what should we be, you know, what, what should we be doing? What are those questions? And I think that the Ag Biofuse program helps people who are doing uh, genetic engineering of fruits and vegetables to think about nutrition, about what are the ways that it could, could work out. It doesn't help, for example, if you uh, develop genetically engineered rice that has higher beta carotene in it, if farmers won't grow it, right? So you, when you're starting on a, a program that'll take 20 years to develop, you have to be asking those questions. So that's what we'd be looking for. I hope that gets it, what you're asking. Thank you, thank you so much. Lucas, do you have another question? Yes, I do. Um, I was just curious, is there any extra consideration afforded to applications submitted early? And if so, is there a particular window I should shoot for? <laughs> yeah, get it in before the midnight deadline. I, I don't, we, we'd love to see it earlier, but everybody's application is looked at equally. All right, thank you. Here, I'm gonna reiterate that. Um, <laughs> Fred starts sending me emails on the day of on the on the deadline asking me how many we've gotten and I tell him at least half come in like one minute before midnight but we do a lot of work on the back end um, because we start meeting to look over these applications almost immediately after the deadline and if you are able to get your application in earlier then that makes our work life a lot easier in terms of spreading out that work and not trying to get everybody's applications and their grad school applications and transcripts and everything together at the very last minute. So don't feel like you need to wait to the last minute. <laughs> yeah, it'll help us if you get it in early. Got it. Thank you very much. All right, we have about five minutes left. So are there any other questions people have? Can I ask one? I think I just realized the uh hand raised thing is the same color as yeah. my background. So um, yeah, um, so it was really helpful just a second ago hearing you talk about, you know, the sort of background you're looking for from folks in the biological sciences and life sciences. Um, and I'm gonna be, I'm coming from a, you know, policy, economics, social sciences perspective. Um, you think you could talk a little about what sort of profile you're looking for from students like that? The opposite profile from the biological sciences, right? Okay, so we're looking for somebody, you know, who is in the social sciences, 
who is, again, thinking broadly. And if you're coming from the social sciences, you know that there are, is qualitative research, quantitative research. There's a lot of theory, a lot of application, right? So we want somebody in the social sciences who is uh, committed to really learning enough about how the biological sciences works so that in their future career, they'd be comfortable talking to somebody in the biological sciences. We're gonna teach, you know, if you're in the program, we're gonna teach you about genetics um, and, and we're gonna have other students who are in the biological sciences peer mentor you as you move through the program. We don't expect you to memorize and remember all of that by the time you're getting your PhD, but there will be people on your committee who will ask you questions, right? But we want you to be open to that and ready to put in a lot of effort to pick up that kind of information. Is that, is that getting it, what you're asking? Yeah, no, that's really okay. helpful. All right. I remember seeing a question from somebody in the registration asking about gender studies in agriculture. Um, if you are on the line, do you want to ask that question? Okay, I was actually talking about, I'm saying that looking through your cohorts, I've seen there is um, little or no representation in the area of um, gender. Does it mean the program doesn't see a need to, research, to carry out research in that area or especially in developing countries? Well, I, I wouldn't say that. Dawn, do you want to address this one first? I, I was just going to say that no one has um, picked up on that topic at, for their research, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no interest in it. Um, we have some students that are for communications and uh, in economics uh, and policy um, but we haven't had a student that has specifically focused on um, whether it be gender uh, inequalities or gender perspectives. I mean, depending on on what it is. So, no, we haven't had that, but it would be very, uh, I think, very beneficial. And, it'd be, and it would be very welcome. And I just want to say that uh, Jennifer Kuzma, who is the co-director of the Genetic Engineering Society Center, pulled together faculty from all over campus and wrote a. Uh, $3 million proposal uh, for a special, uh, I think it's Welcome Trust grant about women in agriculture. And it was all focused on that kind of, how do we get more women in leadership roles in agriculture? So it's not as if, you know, we may not have had a student who's been involved in that, but you would find a true welcoming here uh, among our faculty in terms of uh, kind of, uh, you know, addressing those kind of issues. And they are difficult problems to address. So, um, you know, women in biotechnology is a whole other, other piece to that. Um, and I would also say on our faculty directory, look up Nora Hain. I'm going to her name in the chat. Um, she does a lot of work around gender issues. She's in sociology and anthropology. Um, and has spent a lot of time working with um, women in Mexico. I don't know if you want to describe it better, Fred, but, no, but well, Nora does a lot of focus on, on uh, gender issues. Exactly, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll reach out to her. Yes, that would be great. I'm sure she'll have plenty to say about that. All right, I think we're coming to the end of our hour. 
but Dawn, I guess you want to close off. Or is there any last minute, last dying question anybody has that they'd like to ask before we close it off? Any last hand? All right, but you can always contact us individually. We'll be happy to, to talk to you more about this. Sure. I think uh, Anozi, uh, did you have a question? Yes. Do you want to go ahead and then I'll close it up? Yes, I have a question. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Okay, oh, my question is this. Uh, people actually have research that work on trying to know the relationship or probably the effects of these um, genetically modified crops or the biotechnology crops, if they have effects with the environment, whether positive or negative effects, because I, am, I work on, in my MSc, I work in environmental conservation, that is actually my area. And I love knowing how these trees interact with the environment and if they have positive effects or negative effects, and if there is need for us to improve on the biotechnology or the um, probably the method they are using, if you actually have effects on the immediate environment where people live. So do people have a research on that? Because I really love that aspect and I am very good on that aspect. That has been my area, environmental conservation and social forestry. That is my core area. Because I hope to do my PhD in forestry and environmental resources. So I just want to know if people have been doing research on the effects of these genetically modified crops or the biotechnology on crops on the immediate environment. Thank you. Well, I think our, our forestry and environmental resources uh, faculty are very interested in this whole area. Um, you could, should look up Jack Wang, W-A-N-G, uh, who has been working on genetically engineered forest trees. Um, and uh, we have projects going on with Chile and other uh, countries in Latin America. I don't know if there are programs in other parts of the world, but um, the issues being, right, like with that corn that I described, right? How are you gonna genetically engineer it and how is it gonna be used? And these are things that are definitely on our minds, right? Is how that happens. So I think again, um, you could work with somebody in the area of biotechnology or you could work in the social science areas uh, to look at those kind of issues. But I would just say again to you, as I said before, that the cohort will be focusing their project on annual crops for the most part, but that doesn't mean that uh, that's that you can't do your thesis on the more forestry oriented things, but the questions with the annual crops are always about how is this technology, if moved into a trait in a crop, going to affect the environment? Okay, thank you, Fred. I, I know we passed the hour, so I'm going to thank everyone for attending this uh, Q&A and let you know that uh, please feel free to send me an email or set up a Zoom with me. I'm always happy to talk to you about the application process, uh, about uh, any questions you have about the program. And so my name, again, Don Rodriguez-Ward. I'm the program coordinator. Uh, Patty has the website up there. I will send you all an email and I will, send, I will share the presentation with you. And this presentation will also be available on a line in a few days on our website. So again, thank you guys for coming. We really hope to, to see your applications. February 1st, sorry. <laughs> all right, don't listen to me. Bye everyone, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you.